right, Tim. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year happy, to you. Yeah, I, I'll then. tell you, uh, it has been, I'm optimistic. I'm excited, yeah. 2022, um, and just kind of where businesses are shaping up. And uh, But yeah, so I, I just wanted to say, wanted to say that this is exciting again. <laughs> Last year, we really, you know, tipped into this, but we've got some incredible people uh, lined up for this year. But um, yeah, how are, how are things over at Conduit? What are you guys up to? Th- things are great. I've been talking to a lot of, you know, our agency owners and, you know, people reaching out that are looking for some help in, in, in 22. And I say, what kind of start are you off to? And, you know, they said, well, we're only 10 days in. I said, man, it frames in January. So you, the, the start that you get off to is is so critical. And so let's make sure we get off to a great start. And I, I think getting into it off the holiday kind of, you know, festivities is always so important, but just getting right back into it and making sure you set yourself up for that successful year that you want to have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking that this show, this episode specifically is so on time. Yeah, it is. It is so great. Our guest today. And I'll tell you, I, I love introducing our guests because most of the people we brought on have been our friends, people that I admire, uh, agency owners, practitioners, people that have been in the trenches. That's why we feel like this show is so important is yeah. because the agency conversation needs to happen. We were just talking about this before we got on and hit the record button today is just how important agency owner stories are mm-hmm. and that they get the opportunity to tell them and, and be a part of that story. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest because I'm freaking excited and because uh, it's one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, not just an agency owner, but just a, a good, unbelievable friend and, and native Ohioan. So let me get his, let me, let me do the intro justice here. Uh, today's guest hails from the great state of Ohio, uh, my home state where I grew up. So go Buckeyes. If you know, you know. Uh, Tim, this person has been a successful agency owner for almost 20 years, uh, not only owned the agency, but also sold the agency. Uh, he's an author, the marketing blueprint, which we'll get into a little bit, uh, the marketing performance blueprint. I mean, just multiple great books, uh, but they're literally both famous cornerstones. Uh, if you're an agency owner trying to build something, uh, he became obsessed with evolving the marketing agency, uh, model as are we, and, uh, he did not stop with two books. Uh, and two decades of agency success, Tim, uh, not this guy. Recently, he created the Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute. And yep, my guy is also renowned AI expert, speaker, and consultant. Uh, when he's not uh, out there absolutely crushing life, he's most likely spending time with his amazing family. Here's a fun fact. He and his wife, Cheryl, started dating in high school. I know that's totally outside the realm of possibilities now, but we have to talk about that because the balance of family as well as a long relationship, I always want to pick that person's brain. And here's the other fun fact, which I think his team put on online. I don't even know if he actually knows this anymore, uh, but the thing that stood out to me in his little fun fact section is that <laughs> he's also uh, known to be listening to Little Wayne while drinking hot tea. We're going to get into that much more, wow. but without further ado, please welcome my incredible friend, uh, unbelievable uh, marketing expert, that is Mr. Paul Brotzer. What's up, man? How are Dude, you? Thanks so much for coming to the show. Did some digging for that intro. I like it. <laughs> I just, Dude, I, I, I literally, I, I, it's like I know. Two quick questions. One, do you sip your tea with a grill? So because that would be ooh. that would be interesting. And secondly, 20 years of an agency and you have no gray hair. I mean, <laughs> oh, he looks so good. I'm trying to figure, figure out how this happened. Like, my, my daughter is pointing out the grays. <laughs> no, the, okay. the, the Little Wayne thing is actually funny. There's a line from a Little Wayne song that starts off with I'm drinking hot tea, bitch. 
And I, and so <laughs> at one point, like I was working on something and I, I text, I don't know if it was a text or was, we didn't have a zoom yet. So I, I am something to one of my teammates. And I said, it's kind of ironic. <laughs> I am drinking hot tea right now while listening to Wayne saying he's drinking hot tea. So I, <laughs> I think I that's it. how it ended up on the page somehow. Some people thought that was funny. I love it. <laughs> people, people sitting out there in the world, you, you know, you had one side of Paul Rotzer in mind. You know what I mean? They're like the guy that wears the button down shirt, writes great books, AKA the little Wayne listener <laughs> sending messages to people <laughs> talking about his hot tea, bitch. Uh, that's so great. Uh, well, anyway, thank you so much, man. We, I, I, you know, it's funny doing intros for people that I know so well, but at the same time, you know, I do like to do a little digging yeah. and find it out. Let's say this real quick on a personal note. So you guys, you, you and your wife, how long have you guys been married? Uh, it was 20 years and in, in 21. So actually, I, even weirder fact, we started dating January 11th of 96. So that was wow. what, 26 years, I think, or something like that. We've been together as of this week. So yeah, we started dating my senior wow. high school. That's an organized good year being that has the first dates chronicled in their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. 96 was a good year if you're Michael Jordan and the Bulls. So that's really cool. Look at that. You know, you guys just were riding a high. Um, <laughs> Well, that's great. We're, we're excited to have you. I, I've, I've got a million questions, but only can ask three or four. Uh, so we're going to do that, but let's get started there. I I think a lot of people who might, I mean, a lot of people do know you, but for the people that might not, and this is their first interaction with you outside of maybe reading one of your books, I would love to hear about kind of the Genesis, the story of how you started kind of, how the heck did you get a, a 20 year career doing anything with a, with a successful business, let alone selling it and moving on and starting a freaking, you know, artificial intelligence Institute. So let's start back in, uh, back in the day when you started it and uh, tell us a little bit about how that journey journey. Began. Yeah. The, the origin story, um, you know, I, th I think I tell a little bit of it in the book, uh, but basically in like around 2004, so I was in like four years into my career, I graduated college in 2000. I was working at a traditional agency that was using Bill Blowers and doing things literally by the book of the big agency that my boss had come from. My boss was this amazing guy and a mentor to me um, and you know, said the world of respect for him. And so I would go to him and be like, why do we why do we do stuff this way? Like, why are we using Bill Blowers? Why do I charge in quarter hour increments? Why did I charge the client two hours because I was thinking about them on a drive? So, like, I, I just don't understand the financial, like the economics of this model. And the value exchange was really the biggest thing because sometimes like my boss who has like, you know, at the time he's like 20, 25 years experience, he would work on something for 15 minutes, bill the client for the 15 minutes, but he could do it in 15 minutes because he had 25 years of knowledge built up. And so I was like, what's the value exchange there? Like you just charge them $42 and 50 cents for 25 years of knowledge that might've just made them a million dollars. Like, I, I, so that was my biggest challenge with the agency world is where is the true value exchange when all we're exchanging is an hourly rate? It was it was it was disproportionate on both sides, I felt. So that was the premise of my agency was I started working on this idea of like, well, what would a different model look like? How could you build an agency that didn't work on the economics that the agency world had always known? And I had no idea. I was too young and naive to know that, like, I probably shouldn't be trying to solve this. So. 
premise became, <laughs> how do I help my wife, who is a, an artist, and my parents, who owned a small cookie franchise, how do I help them? Because they can't afford traditional agencies. And so I thought, well, if I can achieve economies of scale in the production and delivery of services, so you know, think about manufacturing processes and Seven Sigma and things like that, Six Sigma, Seven Sigma, whatever it is, how do I apply those principles to delivery of services. And so I realized, well, you have to have standardization of services and a set pricing model. And then everything, people have to be trained and certified to do very specific things at peak efficiency. And if you achieve that, then you could charge less and make more. So it was kind of like a simple concept, insanely difficult to execute. So I spent about a year and a half nights and weekends working on this idea eventually built a business plan for it, gave it to my boss. And I was like, hey, I think I have an idea for an alternate way to do this. Why don't we like build a small business agency that does this approach and like see what happens and then keep doing what we're doing with the traditional agency and, and let's just like see how it plays out. And he was all for it, like he was supportive, but it just kind of felt like timing wise, I became convinced that I had to see this idea through, that, that I, that I believed hmm. there was a better way to do this. And the only way to figure it out was to go do it. So I decided on a uh, on a Wednesday I was going to leave. Um, told my wife that night I was like, I, I got to go. Like I have to do this thing. I promise you, we'll have healthcare coverage and we'll be making what I'm making. I was making fifty thousand dollars a year at the time. It was like I wasn't making anything. So I was like, it's not a big yeah. deal. We have a simple life. We don't have kids. Like we can do this. So that Sunday I got a twenty five thousand dollar loan from a family member, and the next Wednesday I turned in my resignation, and that was it. So then it just like. It started from there, um, and then I had to actually bring it to life, like bring the service guide to life, and burn through the twenty-five thousand pretty fast. <laughs> and um, you know, then then you borrow <laughs> the next hundred thousand, and so it just kind of like, but it took off fast. Like we did one hundred twenty thousand in the first year, um, two hundred thousand in the second year, four hundred thousand in the third year. That's when HubSpot came into the picture. So we became HubSpot's first partner agency in '08. We did 400,000, so 200 to 400 that first year, then 680. Then HubSpot was like, why don't you like build the agency? Like, why don't you become the HubSpot agency? And I was like, yeah, I can't do it. Um, like, I don't, want, I don't <laughs> want that. I don't want what comes with that. And so we became the catalyst for the whole ecosystem, which is what led to the book and kind of everything else from there. Wow. I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> My head going, go yeah. to go to just, just just real quick to unpack the you know the, the beginning of the agency um and, and i think a lot of people who haven't gone through that journey uh don't understand that but there's a couple things that you just pointed out that are so important one is the support of your wife mm-hmm. um, when you go in and you say to your wife hey i have this idea you know for many of us that's preceded by a uh-oh <laughs> Um, it, you know, and, and, and then you borrowed, you borrowed dollars $50,000 from a family member and the pressure to perform and not let that person down. So within the context of what you said, there's so much, uh, responsibility attached to that. So I give you great credit for just following that thing through and, and, uh, and having that support system that, that, that you put together. Also, I mean, for seeing, gosh, if we, if- for, I mean, just for seeing the pricing model, damn, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm shaking my head. I'm going, all right, this is already my favorite conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it just of 2022, because I love, love, love what you just said about, you know, setting up the structure, uh, you know, based on the expertise, based on the experience, based on the tangible nature of delivery 
um, you know, the way you set that up. But I have a quick question, Marcus. I didn't mean to jump in, but just a, just a super quick question. The, the, the flip side of that is almost the legal pricing model mm -hmm. where you've got paralegals working on something. You've got, you know, associates working on something. And then you've got, you know, your partners working on something. And there's a different tier for each one of that. So as you framed super well, when, when the agency owner that you started working for is charging a quarter of an hour, which is an agency rate, he's got, a, you know, he's got literally that lifetime masters in that, in that course, as opposed to other people doing it. So where does the price break come in terms of experience, expertise, and tapping into that? Yeah, the, so the, the first chapter of the agency blueprint that Marcus mentioned is called Eliminate Bill Blowers. And it basically presents this idea of value-based pricing. And at the time, I hadn't what I would consider cracked the code. We didn't have, other than a standard list of pricing, we did not have a true value-based model, in my opinion. It wasn't until around 2014 that I, that I created point pricing as, as a model. And so what we did is we basically used Fibonacci sequence because the other thing humans suck at is predicting how long something will take to do. So even when you estimate based on hours, it's always wrong. And the larger the number gets, the more wrong it is. So we basically applied Fibonacci, mm. which goes up at a fixed ratio to predict the point value of a project to do it. So 8, 13, 21, 34, 55, 89, whatever. So it goes up in these increments. And then we actually applied that to a set list of products. So we eliminated the hourly rate altogether uh, and just went to this point value model in like 2014. Um, wow. So, it, and what I've always said is like, there is no, like, I'm not right. Like, I'm not saying like, this is it. Like every agency that's doing bill hours is completely wrong. That is not true. It's, it's just, there's different ways to approach agency business and service businesses are because like I do what you're saying. Like I have an attorney that probably charges six, 700 bucks an hour and should because his time is insanely valuable. And then I have an attorney that probably charges 250 or 300. But even in that environment is, is 700 an hour even worth the, the exchange? Because like if, if my attorney were to come to me and say, I'm going to help you sell this business and it's going to be a multi-million dollar deal and you're going to, I'm going to charge you 700 bucks an hour, whatever. Let's say that dude makes 10,000, whatever it costs to sell a business, 10, 15, $20,000. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea what I'm doing selling a business. Like if you would have just told me I'm going to charge you $50,000, I would have said done. Mm -hmm. I don't care if he's mm -hmm. taking five hours or 50 hours or 500 hours. I want to sell my, I want an outcome. And that was my biggest thing in the value-based model is I am paying you as an agency to achieve something for me. Yep. I will tell you what that's worth to us as an agency. If you agree to pay that rate, then you are agreeing there is a value exchange and nobody cares about ours. The, the thing you just said that is, I think is just so spot on the thing that we try and do here. And, you know, in our agency, we work with other agencies, um, you know, as their ad operations team. And people have said to me now for the, since the start of this, you know, estimate the hours that's i said no let's estimate the outcome yeah. what is it we're selling you an outcome and deliverables mm -hmm. um and and because i'm not buying hours from people yeah. uh, that's i just won't do that and so i think that tangible nature of understanding what it is you're buying um is is, is so important i'm all right i'm buying your book just, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it it's worth it i'm fat yeah you know and you, yeah well what's 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 really fascinating is how Paul just said before this, like, Hey, this is, you know, this isn't the right thing. I have literally talked to thousands of agency owners as of both of you. 
And every single time it comes back around to the, a bit of the sales process within itself. And what I'm really interested in is kind of the evolution of how you guys went about uh, addressing your prospects, because it's funny not to go way back, but when you mentioned that your wife was like, okay, we're going to go do this thing. It's like, we, you had to sell to your partner first, get them to say like, thumbs up, like, let's not go ruin our lives and believe in that. So I know you're a good salesman, Paul. All right. <laughs> so, so let's, let's, let me know how that evolved a bit with now that you got this new thinking it's 2014. You guys are obviously well-equipped. You said, Hey, HubSpot, like I'm doing my thing, which is ballsy mm -hmm. by the way. Holy crap. I'm like, do you ever look back at that and go, yeah, maybe we should have done that or never. <laughs> no. And, and I'll get to the, you know, where you're going with like the context. Cause again, I think it's important from the human side of being an entrepreneur. I had just lost my best friend. So my best friend died at 29 in, in fall of, of 2007. And, and I just mm. lost my, my father-in-law also at the age of 53. So two years into running this agency at the age of 29 myself, I just lost two people unexpectedly. And so I had this, this blessing and this curse of realizing the, the value of life and the scarcity of time. And so when I was presented with the opportunity mm. to build a billion dollar agency on the back of HubSpot, I never blinked. I mean, you can go ask Pete Caputa. He was in the meeting when this was presented. And yeah. Pete told me, like, you're fucking crazy. Like, we walked out of the meeting and Pete's like, you're nuts. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, Pete, this isn't what I want. Like, I can't scale a business, an agency to that size. Like what Gary Vee is doing. Like, I couldn't do what Gary Vee is doing and have the life yeah. that I value like the time that I value. So no, because I had a North star to make the decision. And that's the final chapter of the book, which I almost didn't publish was pursue purpose. And that was my whole point to agencies is you have to know why you're running an agency or why you're doing anything, whatever your career path is. And it's different for everybody, but mine was never to maximize financial output for myself. It was, it was always to have the kind of life I wanted, the financial freedom I wanted and to make an impact on people's lives. And so as long as I was good there, I didn't, I didn't care about walking away from it. No, I never regretted that. I still don't. You know, what's crazy is like, this is such a good new year's episode. Yeah. Because when you think about that, it's like, you know, the most successful people I've ever met in my entire life. And I've met a lot of really successful people. I'm talking to two of them now. They're really good at saying no to great opportunities. Like not, not, you know, it's an, it's an interesting trend because the only way you can say great, like no to a great opportunity is if you know the right one when it comes along. And the only way you know the right one is if you know where the hell you're going. Right. And and it's crazy because to give that up, like I, I've been two years down the road on a great opportunity and be like, holy shit, how'd I get here? It's like, it's unbelievably hard early on too to turn those opportunities down. So one, just wanted to pause on that because that's a big moment in your life. But two, just what you said a moment ago about like knowing where you're going and the purpose and like creating something to sustain the life that you want and the financial freedom is an amazing message. I think that I needed to hear today. So I just wanted to say, thank it's, you. it's hard. I mean, it is hard to walk away from those. And I, I had somebody come up to me one time at HubSpot, like at inbound, like 2013, 14 another agency partner had been out drinking that night while I was in the lobby working. And he came up to me and he, it is a guy I respected. Like, I don't want anything against him for doing it. And he goes, why aren't you bigger? Like, why isn't your agency like 10 times bigger? And I said, oh, it just wasn't what I wanted in life. And he goes, yeah, word is that you're just not that motivated. And I was like, that's cool, man. Like, appreciate that. Like, that's not what it's about, but you know, that's cool. And so, it, but it, and it didn't affect me in any way. Like I was not offended and I understood the perspective because I knew that I'm there was people within you. HubSpot that believed that, that felt like 
I just didn't want it. I wasn't motivated. I wasn't that like Silicon Valley, like hard charging, like going to have everything at all costs guy. And I was comfortable being me. And I was like, that's not success to me. It's cool, man. Like, you know, have a good night. Like didn't care, (laughs) but you got to get to that place as a person, as an entrepreneur to know that you define your success. You cannot try and live to someone else's standard of what success looks like. But, but, but along with what you said, so first of all, you know, Marcus, you asked about regret. And I, I think that's one of those things that I try and spend zero time with. Yeah. You can't, and anything you can't change or do something about, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to spend time thinking about the other thing is though, just for somebody to judge you like that, like who gives anybody the ability to judge somebody? Oh, you're not motivated. How in the fuck do you know? <laughs> you, you have know no I idea mean? Like, who I am. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, man, that turns me every bit of the wrong way. But I, I just I have such respect for people that set up their own lanes and just follow their own. You, you know, you got to follow your own light. That's all there is to it. And and I give you such credit for being able to do that. Um, yeah, but you you haven't sacrificed a successful life. Like yeah. the, the crazy part is, like you you put up. You, that's what I'm saying. It's scary to put your put put the the flag in the sand and say this is who yeah. I am. It just is. And early on, I feel like uh, if, if agency owners, obviously agency owners, are listening to this, but entrepreneurs in general, like I'm just I'm I'm always in awe of people who can do that. And then still like, look what happened, like from 2014 or whatever you just said in the middle of your career and this whole journey that's happening right now, you made a decision. Did that, has that affected you in a way where you don't have the notoriety, you don't have the life that you want, you know, like, and here's the thing I want to know, I think you've exceeded maybe some of your expectations and like, maybe just saying like, I want this simplified life. I just look at you as being a superstar. So in my mind, it's like, did you achieve it? Did you, did, did that decision and putting that in there, I mean, did you, did it give you the trajectory that you ultimately thought you were going to have? And do you have that life now? Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm still making decisions and, and it, you know, there's always that when you look at someone who maybe you only know through podcast interviews or you see them on stage or you read their book and there is this natural instinct to assume they have everything and they just got it all figured out. And that is bullshit. Like none of us have it figured out. We all have messy lives. We all have noise we all have challenges we're dealing with we all have like the next challenge like again not to keep bringing up gary v but like everybody's probably like, oh my god gary v's got like gary v i'm sure has doubts and has challenges and like just like every other human like <laughs> life is hard we all just are going through a pandemic like it's crazy and so i just basically try and continue to keep the north star and make these decisions every day like when i had to tell when i sold the agent when i made decisions like i'm done i'm out and i, I, and, I and the deal was done and I had to tell my team, I had to tell my clients, I had to tell my daughter, who's 10 now, she was the one I was most worried about. And because she she knew the agency and the life I had, she knew I enjoyed my life. And like, and so I thought it was gonna be a really hard thing to explain to her. And so, and I had to tell her, so, oh my gosh, like, why would you do that? And, and I said, well, just to spend more time with you guys. And it was like, oh, okay. Like, that was it, that was enough. And that was because that was really what it got to is I'm trying to run both companies and I'm not succeeding in my view at either. I'm not being the leader. I'm not being the friend. I'm not being the the dad. Like I'm not being any of the things to my full potential. And it's all being spread too thin. And it's just like, I got to step back and say, okay, I'm not, I'm not succeeding at what I consider success right now, which is being a good person, a good friend, a good dad, like a good leader. I'm just half of it to everybody. 
And so I needed to make a change and, and kind of get back in where I wanted to be going in life. And, and it's, it's, it's fascinating that you have that self-awareness to be able to drive that. So not everybody has that, you know, on the flip side, you, you mentioned Gary, um, I, I admire him because I think the thing that he, he's true to himself, yeah. like he's just who he is and he is a driver and he is true to himself. So he's, he's being Gary. And I think, you know, much the way Paul, you, you know, was Paul. So mm -hmm. I, 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 there's, there's different lanes for everybody. And I, I just think this, there's people out there that just feel compelled to judge constantly. And I just yeah. don't understand. There's no that. right answer. There's no right way to <laughs> no. live your life. You, like, it, it sounds so cliche and so simple and so city slickers of like the one thing, but it truly is like, are you happy? Like doing what you're doing, right. being who you are right now. And if you are, keep doing it. If you feel yeah. like you're unhappy, then figure out what's driving the unhappiness and make a change. Like it's, it's really yeah. that simple. Now it's complicated to, to get to the, the happiness point, but to, to analyze it and diagnose it isn't hard. And to have that like North Star isn't hard to do. My, uh, my five best friends, uh, four, actually it's five of us, um, from high school. So, and that was unlike you guys who are younger, um, you know, I, I'm, uh, for four solid decades out of high school and they are all retired now and they say why do you do this and i'm fascinated by this business i love talking to agency owners i don't it's not about slowing down it's just about doing what drives you and you know i'm at the point now where my kids are a little bit older and you know one of them works here which i love and um this is just what drives me yeah. And so I think as long as you're doing what, you know, everybody's got their own North Star. And, and so I think as long as you're following your own best guidance, um, you're doing the right thing for you. And hopefully, because that centers you in your universe, you're doing the right thing for everybody in that universe. So that's, that, that's awesome. Hey, everybody, Marcus here from Agency Talk. If you enjoy that episode and you want to join the conversation, if you are an agency owner or a part of an agency and you want to join the conversation, go to agency-talk.com and join our private community. We would love to have you in there. We'd love to support you and your business and your growth, agency-talk.com.